Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. It's back to winning ways, finally, for Pompey. Jacobs crossed to the far post, Pillen arriving! And Pillen scoring! Portsmouth have broken the deadlock, a fine cross on the right, and Joe Piggott gets goal number seven for the season. However, results elsewhere on Saturday have condemned the Blues to a seventh year in League One, with two games of this season to spare. Tonight we'll be discussing the win over Accrington and what it means for the season, as well as hearing from Harry Jewett-White, who made his first EFL start at the weekend. I'm buzzing, really happy. It's what I've been working towards and I'm speechless, like it's what I've wanted to do. I'm a Pompey fan, I'm a Pompey boy, so like I said, buzzing to just make my home league debut. Head coach John Messino acknowledges what needs to improve whilst remaining upbeat about his side's success in picking up all three points on Saturday. We know that we need to be better in, in a lot of areas, but we came away with the win and I think everyone's really pleased that we've, we've got that three points and again broken that run of those four draws on the spin. We'll also see how the Pompey women got on at Stadium MK on Sunday. Jay Sadler has been praising the never-say-die attitude present within his team. Found a way towards the death, as we have done on multiple occasions um, this season. And this group have got a never say die attitude. They'll fight for each other all the way until the whistle blows. And of course, Blues fans, we're keen to hear from you back home between now and eight. What did you make of Harry Jewett White's full league debut? Should John Messino provide opportunities for more youngsters now that there is nothing really to play for? And are the playoffs the aim for next season, or should Pompey be targeting the automatics? Text Express and your message to 81400. Email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm on Twitter, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You're listening to 93.7 Express FM, and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to this rescheduled edition of the Footblower, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Sorry if you tuned in at six on Monday and expected to hear my dulcet tones talk you through Saturday's game. I had to postpone last minute on account of fatherly duties, which of course are at the very, very top of the priority list nowadays. But all is well. I'm pleased to say we're ready and raring to go to bring you up to scratch with all of the latest reaction to Pompey's 1-0 victory over Accrington Stanley at the weekend. John Bassino made two changes from the midweek stalemate at Oxford. Sean Raggett and Ryan Tunnicliffe making way for Riley Towler and Harry Jewett White, who, in coming into the side, made his first EFL start. It's been a while since that game on Saturday, so let's take you back to it. Andy Moon and Guy Whittigan were your commentary team at Fratton Park. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! 
Pompey live. Pompey attacking the Fratton end in the first half. Lane going out to the right-hand side. Here's Lowry coming forward to Portsmouth. Lays it off to the right-hand side. Ball across the face. Losing the penalty area. Accrington are going to be able to get it away. It has been a pretty uninspiring 45 minutes so far at Fratton Park. Lane lays it back. Here's Stuart White. Cries of shoot. Looks to the far post. Oh, just over the head of Lowry. And behind for a goal kick. Lane from distance. Let's fly wide of the target, but better. Rafferty's going to get the cross into the danger area. Pack looking for a header over the bar. And he puts his head in his hands because he knows it's a chance. Nil-nil. Jacobs cross to the far post. Pigot arriving! And Pigot scoring! Portsmouth have broken the deadlock. A fine cross on the right. And Joe Pigot gets goal number seven for the season. And Pompey have broken the deadlock. Portsmouth one. Chance for Rogers, and there's a great chance for Presley, and somehow he's put it over. Wow! What an opportunity! What a miss! One 0 Final whistle goes at Fratton Park. Muted cheers to bring the game to an end. Portsmouth four-game drawing run is over with a um, workmanlike one-nil win over Accrington. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we go then, the highlights of Pompey's 1-0 victory over Accrington Stanley on Saturday afternoon. Joe Piggott scoring his seventh goal of the season in all competitions to give the Blues the win at PO4. However, of course, as we already know, that result, with results elsewhere, ensures that Pompey will unfortunately be spending another season in League One come start of the next campaign. Right, let's take you through uh, some of the results uh, from across the division from the weekend as well, then, as well as, of course, that one at Fratton Park. Um, on Saturday afternoon, we had Barnsley 2, Oxford United 0, Bolton Wanderers 1, Shrewsbury Town 0, Charlton Athletic 2, Morecambe 3, Cheltenham Town 3, Forest Green Rovers 1, Derby County 1, Burton Albion 0, Fleetwood Town 1, MK Dons 0, Peterborough 0, Ipswich Town Three, Plymouth Argyle three, Cambridge United one, Port Vale two, Bristol Rovers nil, Sheffield Wednesday two, Exeter City one, and Wickham Wanderers nil, Lincoln City two. And of course, as we're now at Wednesday, there have been a few midweek fixtures as well. Barnsley uh, were defeated 3-0 at home to Ipswich Town. Bolton Wanderers defeated in a, a very shocked defeat, that one, at the University of Bolton Stadium to Accrington Stanley by goal to nil. Lincoln City nil, Burton Albion 1. Oxford United, their first win under new head coach Liam Manning. 4-0 winners over Cheltenham Town. And Plymouth Argyle 2 Bristol Rovers nil, which has a lot of repercussions for the League One table at the very top. It does look to be um, Plymouth Argyle and Ipswich Town who will be heading automatically to the Championship. Plymouth Argyle top on 95 points, Ipswich Town in second with 94. Both of those sides have won each of their last four matches in League One. Sheffield Wednesday remain in third with 90 points with just two games remaining. Barnsley in fourth with 84 points can no longer get into the automatic promotion spot. So it is between Plymouth, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday. The remainder of the playoff positions are made up by Bolton Wanderers in fifth and Derby County in sixth. Both both teams have 75 points on the board. Only Peterborough United in seventh can catch either of either of Bolton or Derby County. They have 73 points, two points adrift of the top six with two matches remaining. Pompey unbeaten 
in their last uh, nine league matches. Of course, six of those have been draws, only three victories. They are now seven points behind the playoffs with only six points to play for. So Pompey will be spending a seventh season in League One when it restarts in August. Down at the bottom, Forest Green Rovers already relegated. They are 16 points adrift with only two games remaining. Cambridge United live to fight another day. They are in 23rd with 40 points. Accrington, Stanley and Morgan both on 41. Uh, join them in the relegation zone as things stand. Two games remaining uh, with MK Dons and Oxford United, the only two sides who can be caught in the final safety positions. Right, joining me this evening to talk all things Pompey and League One, go over all of the permutations from across the weekend. First and foremost, delighted to welcome back onto the show, it's Mr Kevin Stokes from That 80 Show here on Express. Kevin, good evening. Good evening, Jake. How are you, mate? All right? I'm not too bad, Kev. Um, main thing, main reason because of that is that Pompey finally got back to win away on Saturday. Hurrah. Yes, hurrah. Um, wasn't the most inspiring, no. though, was it? It was a, another tough watch it's, uh, in the North Upper. Yeah, an, another <laughs> tough watch indeed, Kev. Uh, a result despite the victory. We just read out um, the league table there and the results elsewhere from across the division. Unfortunately, Pompey will be uh, playing League One football next season, Kev. It's, let's be honest, it's something we knew was coming or have been expecting over the last couple of weeks with draws to the likes of Morecambe, MK Dons, Oxford United in midweek last week as well. However, this mathematically confirms it. Um, how disappointed are you as a fan to be, to be seeing the Blues again? in third division for a, for a seventh consecutive season. It is disappointing, um, but it's it's been more frustrating than anything. It's been so hard to watch. And, um, you know, those those last four draws against teams that, you know, they were struggling, but they weren't exactly fighting for their... Well, they didn't appear to be fighting for their lives. They didn't have to do a lot to get a point. And, um, you know, we didn't make those teams struggle. And that was the most frustrating thing. We got a team there that could score goals, but we're just so ponderous and slow. And like I said, a frustrating, really tough watch each time. And, um, you know, the league table doesn't lie. We didn't get enough wins. So um, we are where we are. And unfortunately, it's another summer of rebuilding. And we go again. But, you know. (laughs) We go again for a seventh time in the one. Uh, Mark McGee also on the show this evening. Mark, good evening, sir. Good evening, Jake. How are you doing to me? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm sorry it was uh, quite a short notice to bring you in. We had scheduled to get Jamie Spencer in on Monday's show. Of course, that one was postponed due to one reason or another. So I, I really do thank you, Mark, uh, for coming in on such short notice. Um, back to Saturday, Mark. Kev's already described it as a real tough game to watch. Is that something you can get on board with? Yes, although I have to say, being a season ticket holder, I decided not to go. How terrible of me. Um, I know, I know, I know. Tragic, I know. But And then, obviously, they won, obviously. That's, <laughs> that's how it works. So um, Stay away. I have obviously... <laughs> yeah, OK, all right. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely as always, Jake. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, look, I've seen the highlights, um, and... I don't. I don't. It doesn't sound like it was anything special. It doesn't sound like it was a much improved performance from what I could uh, gather. Um, but the main thing is we've finally got three points. But you know, at, I mean, I wish we got them 
three weeks ago to be honest so it's yeah. a little bit too late from Pompey yet again but um yeah like you say I'm, I'm in the same mindset as you another season goes by another season in league one it's, it's all getting a bit too familiar isn't it yeah I'm intrigued to know Mark of course you know without delving too far and being too intrusive you know if, if it's not the case but not going to the game on Saturday was was that purely down to just just not wanting to based upon what we've seen over the last few weeks is that and I'm sure you're not the only one to have cho- you know made that decision you know what? As sad as it is, I um, you know, I didn't actually have any plans that Saturday. So normally I would have gone, but I just I had got to a point where I was a bit, you know, not not fed up. I don't wanna, I don't want to be that fan, but uh, I'd gone to Oxford away, and that was absolutely dire. Hmm. And I think that sort of put the final nail on the coffin for me. And I, <laughs> I just thought, you know what? It's, it's probably a better way to spend my day, and they go and win. So there you go, my own fault. <laughs> I think it's fair <laughs> to say, Kev, and, and you know, we can we can get on board with what Mark's saying there, and we can understand why supporters are quite frankly fed up of being in this division and, uh, and and turning up week in week out we know that Pompey fans are brilliant and and will continue to do so and I'm sure Mark will renew his season ticket next season he'll be back there in August with that that hope and that faith and the, the real desire of thinking you know this could be Pompey's year but unfortunately that is what has happened on Saturday a few fans have decided not to go to the game even though they've had no other plans in the pure basis that They've been they've been bored by what they've seen over the last few weeks, and that's yeah. that's really sad to see. It is sad, um, and I'm with Mark there. And I, you know, I, I could easily have done that on Saturday myself, but um, my my youngest Freddie he comes with me, um, so he comes with me on the weekends that he's with me. Of course, but he's just started this season to come on weekends when he's with his mum and um, so if he wasn't coming with me on Saturday I'd have probably stayed at home I'd have done with Mark I'd probably put round Mark for a cup of but, um, <laughs> um, but he wanted to go and it's great to see him you know find football finally yeah. which I absolutely love um, so I said let's go you know and, um, and we did and our expectations weren't high and uh, we weren't disappointed so um, you know but it is nice to see that you know he's a 15 year old lad He's getting into football, mm. and it's not the most exciting football to watch, but he's loving no. it. You know, he sent me a list of who's on in contract, who's out of contract. Dad, <laughs> tell him about this bloke and this, that, and the other. So it's, uh, no, so it's nice to see that. We'll have to get but, Freddie uh, on the footblower. Seems like he knows his stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably speak more sense than me. But, <laughs> nah, yeah. Wow, well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> look, going over um, the last few seasons, or the last six seasons, Mark, including this one, 2018, Pompey's first season back in League One, promoted from League Two in 2017. The Blues finished eighth under Kenny Jacket in what seemed to be just a a stay up and, and, and consolidate season fair enough finished 8th 2019 4th position 88 points in reality quite unfortunate not to get promoted automatically in that one a trophy win but of course playoff heartbreak 2020 uh, pretty much similar unweighted points per game due to Covid finished 5th playoff defeat to Oxford at the semi-final stage again 2021 in 8th 2022 finished 10th and 2023 as things stand Pompey currently in 8th position and now mathematically cannot get into the playoff places so mark that is three seasons without pompey even getting into the playoffs let alone trying to win a playoff game which they still haven't done so next season as a fan your ambitions are they again try to get into the playoffs or is it more of do you know what this is going to be our seventh season in league one these supporters deserve promotion you've got to go for automatics yeah, I think that we're going backwards, and there's no there's no reason to suggest we can't go forwards. And I look, I don't know the ins and outs of the club, but I just want to see us show some real ambition in the transfer market. And I think now we've got the recruitment team 
a bit more in order. Um, I'd like to think we're going to throw a bit more money at it. I know that might not happen and I'm not responsible for our accounts, but um, <laughs> look, I mean, if, if you don't, if you don't build on the momentum and you start going backwards, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to lose, you're going to start losing the fans. People are going to start, your gates aren't going to be as good in my opinion. People are going to, at that last Saturday that just went, that, that, feeling and that opinion that I have is, you know, it's going to start sort of resonating with a lot of fans. So, you you, you know, it's, it's, you need to go for it, really. You need to go for broke because I remember when we were back in League Two and we were on the decline, you know, eight, nine years ago, you know, our gates were terrible. And then when we started the momentum and we sh- started showing ambition, we improved. So, I think more for the club's sake, we need to actually really put our foot on the gas next season. Yeah. Um, let's end on a, a bit of a positive for this part of the show, Kev. Harry Jewett White brought into the team by John Messino on Saturday afternoon, making his first EFL start coming in for Ryan Tunnicliffe, who dropped out of the squad altogether. W- what did you make of Harry Jewett White's first ever EFL start? Yeah, very pleased for him, actually. And uh, he did all right, you know. He, um, I think they looked after him on the on the pitch there, and uh, they gave him a nice uh, ovation when he came off. And uh, yeah, a few nice touches. Looked, you know, looked like he's got a good footballing brain. And I'd not really known much about him. I, I think my dad said he came from Hailing, mm. um, and he seems to have been playing pretty well this season in the um, in the youth setup, academy setup. So um, yeah, good luck to him. I hope he. Uh, Hope he's there to stay, not just a, a token gesture by the management there. Mm. But, um, yeah, he did all right. Absolutely. Let's hear from the Pompey Academy graduate now. Harry Jewett-White spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday. Harry, congratulations. Victory on your full league debut. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm buzzing. I'm really happy. Um, it's what I've been working towards. And, yeah, just buzzing still, yeah. What does it mean to you? You came through the academy all those years to finally step out onto the front and park pitch to make your full league debut. I'm speechless. Like it's what I've wanted to do. I'm a Pompey fan. I'm a Pompey boy. So, yeah, like I said, buzzing to just make my home league debut and yeah, and we got the win. So, so I was going to say next you got the win. What are your overall thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, good. I mean, obviously I come off of pigs, pigs then scores. So I'm thinking that could have been me, but no. Um, battled well it was like ball from them a lot in the air so just all about seconds and yeah I'm happy with it yeah you sat alongside Tom and Marlon what was it like playing alongside them especially Marlon who's made over 500 league appearances yeah they were both class talking me through the game the whole the whole time and um, yeah in training they're good as well with me so yeah so yeah they were really good with me both of them and just finally, is anyone you want to highlight in particular who's helped you get to this moment? Um, yeah, Sean North, um, the kit man now, but he's helped me, was my coach for a long time, John Slater, um, and then obviously the gaffer now, and Zesh, John Harley, all of them. So, yeah. Brilliant. We're all buzzing for you, Harry. Cheers. Congratulations, Thank mate. Thank you. Harry Jewett White speaking after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon after his full league debut in a Pompey shirt. Congratulations to Harry Jewett White. Hopefully we'll see more of him between now and the end of the season and, of course, into the next campaign as well. Right after the break, myself, Kev and Mark will be speaking more about Harry Jewett White as well as, of course, dissecting even more from Saturday's victory over Accrington Stanley. We'll also hear from the head coach himself, John Messino, and his plans for the next few matches and what needs to improve ahead of the next season. We- 
probably need a bit of time to, to keep building on, on what we've we've done well over the past three months. They hit the ground running, I think, next pre-season. And, and again, yeah, really focus on uh, a bit more probably attacking football and, and make sure that we uh, you know have enough to, to win games uh, comfortably. And, and if we don't, at least we're creating more chances, crosses, shots, etc., all those sort of things. Stick around for part two. We'll listen to a full interview with the Blues head coach and have more reaction from Kevin Mark when the Football Hour returns in just a moment. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7 pm every day, you can take advantage of a night rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to tonight's edition of the Football Hour, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app from the Apple App or Google Play Store to track your bus on a live mapping system and even prepay for your ticket too. Before the break, myself, Kev Stokes and Mark McGee were discussing all things Pompey. We went over the current League One standings and what that means for the Blues heading into the remainder of the campaign. Unfortunately, Blues fans, if you have been living under a rock for the last four or five days, Pompey can no longer mathematically get into the playoff position. Something we've all really known was going to happen, let's be honest, over the last few weeks. However, mathematically confirmed, despite the victory over Aki on Saturday, Derby County's 1-0 win at home to Burton Albion ensures that the Pompey remain seven points adrift off the top six with only two games, so six points available to them. They travelled to Derby County this coming Saturday, uh, taking on the, the side who can still get the playoffs at Pride Park. Three o'clock kickoff. Pompey live returning from two and I'll be back on Friday evening from six the usual time frame um, to preview that one with two more Blues voices but for now myself Jake Smith alongside Kev Stokes and Mark McGee um Mark, before the break, we spoke about Harry Jewett-White. We heard his post-match comments with Max Watton after his full league debut at Fratton Park. I asked Kev in part one exactly how great it is to see Harry Jewett-White the kind of performance he has. But heading into the final two matches of the season, with mathematically nothing really but prior to play for for Pompey, would you like to see not only Harry Jewett-White, but maybe a couple of other of the academy graduates and youngsters involved as well? Yeah, I think we've got it, really. I mean, you know, I don't want to take the competitive edge away from the first teamers, but um, that's what the end of the season's all about, isn't it, really? I mean, like, like you say, the, we're effectively now out of the uh, playoff chase. So I think that's one of the one of the bits that is still like the like an entertaining factor, um, you know, getting to see the fringe players, youth team players actually get shot. And, you know, whether whether they do have a long-term future at Fratton Park or not, it's, I think it's about making those memories and, you know, putting more of a positive impetus on the end of the season. Mm. Uh, Mockers on Twitter has got involved. Thank you, Mockers, for getting in touch. Uh, Fortune favours the brave. We want to see young, hungry youngsters like Riley Towler, Deshaun Bernard and Harry Jewett White who are comfortable on the ball with pace and positivity playing instead of players without those assets. Sadly, Mockers on Twitter, um, his views on that one. Kev, we spoke about Harry Jewett White and his performance on Saturday. 
if, of course, he is featured in the next two games away at Derby and, of course, at home to Wickham next Sunday. If he flourishes like he did on Saturday, continues to grow within the team, learns in pre-season from the likes of Marlon Pack, Joe Morrell alongside him in midfield, to name but a few, could he be a name that is quite regularly featured on the team sheet next season in League One? Well, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to get some youth in the squad, get some, get a local lad in the team as well. And like he said in that interview, and I could see it on the pitch, you know, they were talking him through the game. They were looking after him. And um, it was good to see. He's obviously got a good relationship with Pack and the other boys in midfield there. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it would be great to see that. I mean, I've said that for a long time. It's, you know, that also helps bring a crowd. If you've got local players, you know, I know we're not, going to be local FC but one or two coming through we haven't done that we don't do that enough no. the other teams do it and it and more frustration. <laughs> uh, and it is frustrating, Mark. Really, a nail on the head from, from Kev there in regards to Pompey's academy graduates. We sort of drifted away from the fact that you know we will be spending another season in League One next season. And, and quite frankly, we know that if we're going to get out of this division back into the Championship, we're not going to rely solely on a team of, of youngsters from the academy. We know this. But when you look at Pompey's academy over the last few years... Can you name me one player from the last three or four seasons that's regularly featured within the team that's come from the academy? Because from, from what I see, the last few graduates that have really stapled themselves into the team are the likes of Brandon Houndstrup, Alex Bass, Jack Watmore, Connor Chaplin, who all graduated around about the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, I, I don't know if there's been a change in culture at the club, but, you know, I think, I think there's an important point you've raised, really, uh, because... You know, there's been so many times this season where we're crying out for maybe a, you know, a bit of passion or a bit of edge to our, our game. And sometimes you can't just rely solely on, you know, players that we've signed or technique or career statistics. Sometimes you need to bring a player off the bench who's come through the academy and is a pompy lad and someone yeah. who actually wants to fight for the shirt. Because sometimes that's all you need over like some skill and technique. You actually need someone who wants it and what has that hunger and desire. And sometimes I think we're lacking that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, let's head on to a few other things away from Pompey and away from uh, League One for just a moment or two. Let's go through some of the permutations from across the EFL uh, from the weekend. Plenty happening up and down the country as far as football is concerned. Burnley already promoted to the Premier League from the Championship, but crowned champions away at Blackburn Rovers last night. They're bitter bitter rivals after a 1-0 win at Ewood Park. What a way to seal the title uh, than a victory away at your bitter rivals. Um, of course, resting a few players in their two games of a build-up to that in which they were defeated in both of them, but hey, you've got a squad. Why not use it? Um, I would love, I'm sure we'd all love for Pompey to win a league title at St Mary's. Maybe one day we can keep it in our dreams. Um, neither Wigan or Blackpool had their relegation confirmed from the Championship to League One after both of them defied the odds and picked up wins on Saturday. Um, so if you look at the championship table, no team currently have been relegated to League One. It looks likely that it will be Wigan, Blackpool and either one of Reading, maybe even Queen's Park Rangers as well. However, they, of course, recently victorious at the weekend as well. So all to play for. And we still don't know who will be joining Pompey in League One next season. But we do, of course, know from League Two, promoted as now champions, Leighton Orient have uh, secured the League Two title. They will be in League One next season with Pompey. Um, after a 1-0 defeat away at Stockport, Rochdale's 102-year stay in the Football League was brought to a sad end they will be playing national league football next season Rochdale relegated 
to non-league and replacing them promoted back into League 2 after 15 years out of the Football League. Wrexham promoted as champions on 110 points with a game to spare following a 3-1 win at home to Boreham Wood on Saturday night. And you've got to also give credit, to be fair, to Notts County. They are guaranteed a semi-final spot in the National League playoff system after an incredible effort to try and catch Wrexham in what was a superb title race in the National League. Um, Unfortunately, they fell short near the end. Notts County, 106 points on the board with a game to go, and they are not guaranteed promotion to League 2 next season. They've got to go through the playoffs. So really, really unfortunate for Notts County. Hopefully... And that situation in the National League is improved in the years to come. Can we see two automatic spots up into League Two after this season with Wrexham and Notts County? I think that is a fair advertisement of why there should be. But congratulations to Wrexham. And dipping a bit further down, very, very strange, in my opinion, to see both Yeovil and Scunthorpe United relegated from the National League. They'll both be playing Tier 6 football next season. Yeovil, of course, in the National League South, Scunthorpe in the National League North. Yeovil were only in the Championship as recently as 2014. Scunthorpe, of course, were playing League One football alongside Pompey as recently as 2019, which is crazy. Scunthorpe playing Pompey in League One in 2019. Next season, they'll be in the National League North in the same tier as having to Waterlooville, of course, in a separate division because of the regionalisation. Mental. I mean, of course, you look at the Championship as well. Luton Town, a victory for them on Monday night. They are third in the Championship, still chasing the automatics, although it looks unlikely, but they are knocking on the door for the Premier League. When Pompey were promoted into League One in 2017, Luton were, of course, still in League Two. Peli Rudder Kampanzu has played for Luton Town in the National League, League Two, League One and the Championship, and he could be playing for them in the Premier League next season. So that is all that's happened across the Football League and, of course, the non-league scene over the course of the weekend. Some permutations, some promotions, um, some relegations in the, in the non-league system as well. But, um, yeah, just just really, really crazy. Um, Mark, we'll come on to you for this one. In regards to Luton Town and, and what an incredible season they've had, they reached the playoffs, of course, last season in the Championship. They've got them again this season. They're still challenging for the top two. And, and, and how they've come on leaps and bounds as a team, as a football club, all the while Pompey have just remained stagnant in League One. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think, first of all, congratulations to, to Luton on, on the progress they've made. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, it's been amazing to watch. Um, you know, I remember playing them, I remember actually playing them in League One not too long ago when they just got promoted the season before from League Two. Um and they looked a far superior side to us then. I think we narrowly won one nil, but um, yeah, they've gone on leaps and bounds. And I think you know their fans wouldn't mind me saying that they probably are over overperforming slightly, or they have done, but they're doing it on a consistent basis. So you have to argue now they they're where they are and they belong there. Um, it'd be a fantastic story for them to get promoted. I mean, and I can't I can't really recall a club of that stature and size mm. making it to the Premier League in such a quick quick time really other than I suppose someone like Bournemouth but yeah. wow yeah it's, it's amazing it goes to show as well Kev look, we, we, all, we all know currently what is going on at Pompey at Fratton Park uh, the, the, the groundworks at PO4 trying to 
you know, really bring that vision into reality, trying to get Pompey as a sustainable football club off the pitch, um, heading into the championship. Of course, as, as fans, we want to see progress on the pitch. If there is any example um, of a side that can reach the heights of the Football League and still bang on the door for top flight football, despite having uh, a stadium that's falling down, that's got 10 stands and one of which is basically just conservatories with a, a minimal budget in comparison to the rest of the division. Luton Town is a great example of that and there's no reason why Pompey can't follow suit, really. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you reading out those list of who, who's done well and who hasn't, who's gone down, just shows how precarious and perilous the football world is, you know, because, you know... W- w- Okay, it's frustrating that we're going to be seventh year in a row in mm. in this division, but um, yeah, we could have been far worse, couldn't we? But um, going back to your point there, yes, the stadium. I did a stadium tour actually uh, in the Easter holidays mm-hmm. with Freddie and my dad, and um, it, it's nice to see the you know the construction work coming on, the safety aspects mm. and all that. Yeah. And you know, and if I could liken it to a house renovation, I made a couple of notes earlier. Bear with me on this. Um, if I could like it to a sort of changing rooms, we've done we've done it up. We've knocked through, uh, and the inside furnishings are looking quite nice. And you look out the window, and the and the lawn looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, what we've planted in the borders and the shrubbery hasn't blossomed. And um, that was my take on things. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I'm so clipping nice. that quote up and using it forever, Kev. Love it. <laughs> if, if anyone could describe Pompey's season and, and the way Pompey going at the moment, yeah, absolutely now I'm here. Fantastic to see the work at Fratton Park. We all appreciate that, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. However, we want to see a bit of success on the pitch. There's no point having a lawn, Kev, without any decent garden gnomes. Exactly. My dad used to look after his lawn, but we, when we played football, he said, get off the lawn. I said, no, <laughs> because we're trying to practice our football here. And... Uh, you know, bear with us, Dad. So, yeah. <laughs> Kev, Mark, thank you both very much for your contributions so far. Do hold tight. We'll be back with you in just a few moments' time. But back to Saturday and time now to hear from John Messino. Max Swatton asked for Gaffer for his thoughts after the Blues 1-0 win over Aki at the weekend. Yeah, I think the first thing is it's good to get the win off the back of four draws. And so, um, yeah, to sort of break that run and, and actually get a win here at home was, was really pleasing just from a results point of view. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult afternoon. I thought uh, Accrington made it difficult. For, for us, we probably made it slightly difficult for ourselves at times in terms of uh, not having quite enough going forward. Um, but uh, yeah, those those can be uh, pretty tricky ones. We you know we know that we need to be better in uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, but but we came away with the win, and I think everyone's really pleased that we've we've got that three points and again broken that run of those four draws on the spin. Yeah, why do you think we maybe struggled to get that breakthrough until minute 75? I think there's a couple of things. I think first of all, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult anywhere in this league, regardless of where Accrington are. We've seen sides come here and, and set up. They're organised. They're, um, they're they're strong. They're, uh, they make it very very hard for us. I think to to really create a huge amount. Now uh, we know that we have to then be better and and we have to uh, do a bit more to to create ourselves. It's absolutely um, you know wary at that point. Um, so I think there's I think there's that, and I just think there's um, you know we probably need a bit of time to, to keep building on, on what we've we've done well over the past three months, um, hit the ground running I think next pre-season, and, and again yeah really focus on uh, a bit more probably attacking football and, and make sure that we uh, you know have enough to, to win games uh, comfortably, um, and and if we don't at least we're creating more chances, crosses, shots, etc. All those sort of things. You handed Harry Jewett White his league debut. How do you think he got on? I thought he did really well. I, I thought he was. Um, 
involved in some of our better moments in, in the first half. He looked um, calm, he looked composed. Uh, I think he went into a couple of tackles, which I think really pleased everybody here. And, and he, I think he was, he was excellent. I think um, under any other circumstances, maybe we would have kept him on, but we knew that I think with the, the energy, the, the nervousness, the adrenaline going through his, um, pumping through his body, we knew that he would tire, tire after around 60 minutes and it's a big, big occasion for him um, making his uh, debut here at Fratton Park. So just thought we'd, we'd, we'd get him off and get more, a bit more experience in there. And, um, but, but overall, yeah, really, really pleased for him, first of all, to be able to uh, come on and, sorry, to be able to play and then second of all, to be able to, to play so effectively. Um, yeah, really, and, and everyone in the change room is really pleased with the lad as well. When did he find out? What was his reaction like when you told him? Uh, I, I mean, I didn't really look, to be honest, uh, because I'm just focused on uh, the, the team shape when I, when I select it on a Friday. So I think a few of the coaches had, had eyes on him and I think he was maybe a bit surprised. And um, yeah, thankfully, the message to Harry was, you know, don't get too carried away with needing to be a 10 out of 10 today. Just make sure you're solid. Make sure you're a 7 out of 10. That's what we need. We don't want the whole occasion to get the better of you. And, and credit to him, he, he didn't. I thought he was, you know, performed really, really well. You'll remember the time you made your league debut. How proud of him will that be for, for him and how pleased are you to be able to do that for him? Uh, yeah, it should be a really, really proud moment for him, for his family and also for everybody connected to, to the football club. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, really, really pleased for him. And I think, you know, most of all, he should just look at it and go, you know, this is a really good opportunity and he's done himself no harm in, in, in terms of where he's going to go in the future. Uh, and, yeah, there's a huge amount of work to do. We, we absolutely know that. But, um, you know, credit to him. I think the most important thing today was to, to make sure we didn't drown in the, in the atmosphere and, and the occasion against the side who are physical, they're, they're good. Uh, the centre midfielders, if you look at, um, say, Hamilton and Lee, who he was up against there, <laughs> they're both six foot plus. Uh, really good physically, excellent players, I think, at this level, and, and he dealt with that really well. So, yeah, just to get your debut, I think he's, he deserved it. And then to play so well, he should be really proud of himself. You looked at the bench in the second half. That's where the goal came from. What did you make of the impact of your subs? Yeah, well, I thought we, you know, we, we wanted to try and get a couple more crosses in the box, and, and Joe just provided that with, with that extra attacking threat. And I think Michael popped up with a really, really nice assist. Probably the first bit of quality that we, we got in the box, and yeah, an excellent finish. And we know that Joe's always got that. And, and again, he's been one of those players who's been slightly unlucky to not have played a bit more. But uh, if you look at Colby's performance today, without having a huge um, goal threat, I think he was absolutely excellent. Just held everything up, constantly ran. It was a real, real problem for, for Atkinson's back line. Um, and then, you know, to have Joe come in and compliment that with a goal was, was really pleasing. John Messina there speaking to the club's media team following Saturday's victory at PO4, which came on a day that confirmed Pompey's status in League One for a seventh consecutive season, despite the win, with results elsewhere confirming mathematically the inability for the Blues to get into the top six before the end of the campaign. And Kev, really quickly, um, just on, on the goal, we haven't actually really spoken about it. Fantastic whip in from the right-hand side. Michael Jacobs, beautiful cross. And uh, Joe Piggott with his seventh goal of the season in all competitions. Someone who doesn't really get many appearances for Pompey when he does um, he's not really um, a stranger to the score sheet you know considering the minutes he's had he's, he's made a fairly decent account of himself hasn't he he has yeah yeah he's got a good footballing brain hasn't he and um, you can see that in the positions he takes up on the football pitch and it you know it's unfortunate that we don't play a, a two up front him and Bishop we, we did a couple of times and I thought it was quite effective and I would would favour that but, uh, yeah, he's maximised his time when he's come on and uh, often notched. And uh, he made a sensible run. Good run by Jacobs. Mm. And, um, in fact, <laughs> I say that because I had to look up who actually provided the cross because <laughs> so long ago since Saturday, <laughs> I forgot all about it. But, uh, yeah, it was a good cross. And, uh, yeah, he was in the right place. So, um, 
good for him. Absolutely. What, what's his situation? Is he, we don't own him, do we? No, he's on loan from Ipswich, so yeah. he will be going back to Portman Road at the end of the season, of course. There might be a clause, we don't know, if, if Pompey do want to pursue that, but as far as we're aware, um, that is not in place. Joe Pickett will be an Ipswich Town player next season, probably in the Championship. Right, after the break, uh, we'll be coming to get our final thoughts from both Kev and Mark, but also hear from Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler, who looks ahead to Sunday's final game of the season and what he hopes his side will bring to those who come to watch at Fratton Park. Hopefully we can get as many Pompey fans down there as possible. And our aim is to simply excite them. We want to excite them. We want to show them what this group is about. We want to try and put in all of the performances throughout the whole season that have got us to where we are now into one 90-minute performance. More to come when the Footblower reaches its third and final part. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of ten day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach South. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information. Time now though to move on and talk about the Pompey women. They too recently had their campaign mathematically ended with two games to spare following a 2-1 defeat at home to Oxford United 10 days ago. I spoke to head coach Jay Sadler on Pompey Live on Saturday before their trip to MK Dons on Sunday asking what the aim is for his side heading into the final couple of matches. You've got to approach them, um, as John Massino said, in the same way, the same endeavour. Ultimately, it's about performances. It's about ending the season on a high in order to kind of continue to build for next season. We're in a, a very similar position in, in regards to the men's. Um, only difference is obviously managerial bit longevity in a way. Um, but last season was a bit of a transition year for, for the women's in terms of very inconsistent. We lost a large amount of, of goals and a large amount of players from the team. We had to kind of rebuild. And this season, we've, we've hit some real consistent targets, um, been performing with the likes of Oxford and, and Ipswich and Watford who all big budgets, great great footballing teams, the way they the way they play and um, now it's just about ending on a high. MK Don's away for your side tomorrow. Jay, what has the preparation in the week building up to this game been like? Yes, it's been good. Obviously, um, it was a, a hard defeat to take against Oxford at the weekend, given the timing and the manner of it, um, 92nd minute. So it's been about just kind of building up um, building up that confidence again within the group. But listen, the, the, the way these girls react to um, adversity has, has been a testament to their character. And there's a real unity and a, and a strength within our unity. And, and we've used that this week, um, got back to basics um, on a few things we want to work on leading into these two games. And we're excited. We've been given two fantastic platforms tomorrow at Stadium MK, fantastic arena. Um, and then the following week, obviously, here at Fratton Park and any opportunity for us to come and play on the hallowed turf of Fratton Park in front of our, our home supporters is is one you want to get in the diary and, and one you're excited for. So I think there's a lot of excitement um, going into these last two games. I know a lot of people, it's cliche, say, oh, we can go and play with a bit of freedom now. But for me, we always play with freedom. That That's what that's what kind of our, our, our stamp really is, us as a team. We want to play with that freedom, whether we've got pressure or we haven't pressure. And the 
only pressure we've got now going into these two games is the pressure we put on ourselves to, to get six points and finish as high as we can. Of course, the season's not over, still two games to go, but of course we know where the Pompey women will be playing their football next season. What are, what are, without giving too much away, obviously, what are the ambitions for next season? Because it has been a very strong campaign for your side this year. You, are, you have been competing for the title up until the very sort of dying embers of the campaign. Got to a National League Cup semi-final as well against Nottingham Forest. Um, so it, it's making those sort of strides throughout the season, progressing season upon season. What's the aim for next season? Is it bigger? Yeah, well, this season we've had a season in Ealys. <laughs> Semi-final yeah. Hampshire Cup, semi-final League Cup. And now we, we're going to finish in the top four of, of, obviously, the league. And we've been, when we when we went into this season, we knew what Oxford were about. They wanted to win that league. Same with Ipswich, same with Watford. And they spoke about it. And for us, it was about building upon last season, which was a very inconsistent season for us, finishing in seventh. And we've surpassed um, our win record from last season. We've surpassed goals. We've surpassed clean sheets. We've surpassed points. We've, we've had a season. T- terrific season and, and the, the, the players and the staff deserve all the plaudits they've gotten this season now we've probably put ourselves in a predicament where people are talking about us people are giving us the respect that we deserve so now we've built that and it would have been silly me saying this season let's go and win a league title when we haven't done anything to prove that whereas this season we've proven it we've beaten all the top teams in all competitions we've beaten every team in, in the league um, again in all competitions and we can compete at the top so for us it's about building upon this year and the expectation for next year is to go and win the league Unfortunately today, Jay, we heard on social media from your forward and loan from Bryson Ella Humphrey. Um, unfortunately, he's going to miss for the remainder of the campaign. Big loss for your side. Um, talk us through that injury and, and what Ella's sustained there because it, yeah, it's not a nice one. No, it's not. And, and you're hearing it more and more now in a women's game around knee injuries. Obviously, Leah Williamson joining Beth Mead and Vivian Meadamar on the, on the sideline with ACL injuries. Unfortunately, Ella Humphrey, um, she got an MCL sprain. Um, we're in communications with Brighton obviously with her she's gone back there and it was a game against Tottenham where unfortunately she's she's got a knock to the knee so we're, we're hopeful it's nothing nothing too major we're, we're still awaiting that and obviously that brings her her period with us to an end at the end of the season and obviously in the summer listen she's been a terrific player for us she's a bundle of energy she gets this football club um, it's hard for her because last game of the season being at Fratton Park and she's a uh, do you know what I mean this is a this is her club um, she loves this club so listen we're being talks over the summer and and we'll see where that can go and um, we obviously want to we've, we've put interest registered our interest in her and she'll be a terrific acquisition for us but we're all gutted but listen the support she's going to get from the football club and from these these group of girls is, is going to be massive and just finally Jay you've queued up nicely there of course MK Don's away tomorrow but next Sunday the 30th Fratton Park hosts Pompey Women against Crawley Wasps um, and a good, a good opportunity you mentioned there unfortunately Ella's going to miss it through injury but for your side and for yourself to be in the dugout here at Fratton Park in front of um, hopefully a decent crowd here as well yeah and we, we had that at the start of the season obviously the pre-season when the South Stand was um, just been erected and it was it was obviously a test event and um, we played Brighton here and it was phenomenal it was phenomenal we had just shy of 3,000 people in this stand supporting the, the, the female game not just supporting Portsmouth women they were supporting the female game they were supporting female sport and female sports growing the women's game's growing you see it today Chelsea hosting Barcelona and in the near south 
sell out Stamford Bridge. You've got um, Arsenal again, another team that, that uh, I think they're playing on Monday night and they're, they're near sell out at the Emirates. So we want to obviously sell as many tickets. We want to get as many people down as possible. The football club are doing everything they can. We've been in loads of contact with all of the, the marketing and the commercial team and Andy Cullen. They've been absolutely superb. But for our girls, this is a platform and we want to use that platform to not only win, but to inspire the, the next generation of female football players. Jay Sadler there speaking on our broadcast of Pompey Live on Saturday afternoon, ahead of the Pompey women's trip to MK on Sunday and off to Buckinghamshire, the Blues went. Molly Cowper opened the scoring for the hosts in the first half before in the second minute of injury time, right at the death of the second half, Ali Hall finished from a Nicole Barrett-Cross to level the scoring and ensure both sides went home with a point apiece. Max Swatton caught up with Jay shortly after the full-time whistle at Stadium MK. Well, Jay, three words, never say die. What are your thoughts on that performance, first of all? It must be tinged with disappointment after that first half, but pleased with the outcome. Yeah, like you said then, I think we obviously we found a way towards the death, as we have done on multiple occasions um, this season. Um, this group have got, as you said, a never say die attitude. They'll fight um, for each other all the way until the, the whistle blows. And they did that. It was a fantastic ball in by Nick Barrett and, and Ali Hall, who's made a great run, terrific header. And, and that's what she's she's renowned for. Um, I think first half, we, we, we were too sloppy. It's as simple as we know that. It's a big pitch here. And if you don't look after the ball, you can get punished. And I think a lot of our work in the first half was without the ball and trying to press against what was at times about five. And um, we struggled a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, second half, we've, we've obviously come out. I felt we were a lot better in the second half. We got hold of the ball. Um, obviously disappointed with the goal we conceded on the counter-attack. That was something that MK Dons had in their, their armoury. Um, it was kind of their game plan was to to win the ball off us and I felt we gave them too many opportunities to do that in the first half but second half we looked after the ball better we moved it with more pace um, we, we moved it with more pen it, uh, with patience and then when the gaps open we were able to play through it into our midfielders it was just about unlocking that final ball um, that final detail when we did get against their five and obviously it's come through a set piece at the end and although we're, we're happy with finding a way and not losing the game yeah the, 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 the ultimate feeling is disappointment What did you say at the break after a poor first half? Obviously, we've got, to, we've got to give credit to MK Dons. Um, two teams here were obviously out of the title race and I felt that first half was a little bit of a hangover from last week's game. And one thing I can't fault the group is their endeavour. They will fight um, for everything. And listen, we've, we've just come up short this season. Um, and, and you can see that disappointment still with us and it, and it probably is. And we're all emotional. I'm emotional about it too as well. So maybe that was a hangover. Um, but we've also got to give credit to MK Dons when they did win the ball on transition. They were quick. Um, they were direct with it. And, and they hurt us in this facing behind and that's something that we, we know we need to, to be better at and like I said at half time it was just about moving the ball if, if the pitch is not on don't force the ball because when we force it we lose it and I'll be interested to see how many turnovers we had in that second half whereas uh, in that first half whereas in the second half it was a stark contrast um, we moved the ball and we must have switched it two or three um, times before we can play forward and it's not about always playing forward you need to have a little bit more control and we needed to control the chaos and I think we did that much better in the second half what did you make of the impact of your subs? Obviously, that's where the goal came from on the end, in the end. I think they were superb. I think all of them brought energy. We obviously felt the need to make them changes. Um, we know what we're going to get from them. Um, obviously, Emma Jones and Ali Hall, a little bit more attack-minded. Um, Emma can pin, she can spin in behind. And I, I felt there's a few spaces there where she can link up with Ali. Ali's a, a different type of midfielder. Um, she wants to make them runs in behind. And she did that on several occasions when, when Emma did drop in. And with Ella Wilde, she, she able to give us a little bit more security. She narrowed inside alongside. 
inside um, Ava um, to prevent the counter-attack. And it was a case of if we did lose the ball, could we could we be aggressive in the transition? Can we attack and overload it as, as soon as possible? And I think we did that much better in the second half because our structure was was there. We had a framework to play and we had a framework to counter-press. And ultimately, um, the chances were, were far and few. And as I said, that this group have got a, a never-say-die attitude. They find a way and they found a way on our last away trip and they've done it again today. Yeah, that's it for our away travels this season. On to Fratton Park. How much are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. I think there's a, a few conversations between players at the end of we need to learn from today, move on from it um, and make sure that we don't take some of the play into that game. We need to play with a little bit more freedom. Um, we need to play with a little bit more enjoyment um, and calmness on the ball um, because I know Crawley's season's over and, and essentially so's ours in, in terms of our outcomes, but it's still going to be a great spectacle and hopefully we can get as many Pompey fans down there as possible. And our aim is to simply excite them. We want to excite them. We want to show them what this group is about. We want to try and put in all of the performances throughout the whole season that have got us to where we are now into one 90-minute performance. And that's my challenge to the players and, and we're working on it this week. Jay Sadler speaking after the Pompey women's model draw of MK on Sunday. Of course, their final game of the season at Fratton Park this Sunday um, at two o'clock. Of course, you can buy your tickets online on the e-ticketing website. Kids for a quid for that one. We'll come on to preview that one in a bit more detail on Friday's edition of the Football Hour. A bit of news regarding the Pompey men. Deshaun Bernard reports uh, of him confirming he's leaving Manchester United at the end of the season. So a potential uh, option to sign him on a 3B next season on a permanent deal. Um, very, very quickly, Mark, Deshaun Bernard, from what you've seen so far this season, if Pompey were to pursue that next season, would he be a player you'd like to see it back into the frame? I mean, I, I I wouldn't say no to it. I think he's a young player, isn't he? And I think, you know, young players are definitely always a bonus to have around the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I'm, if I'm being honest and maybe a little bit harsh, I haven't been overly convinced, um, if, I'm, if I'm honest, but he's young and he's got room for development and I, I can't see that being a bad thing. So, yeah, I think if he's available, then why not? Yeah. And Kev, in about 25 seconds, your hopes for next season. Is it automatics or bust? Um, if we can keep the spine of this team, Macy, Towler, Pack, Morell and Bishop, then we've got every chance. Kev Stokes, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, as always. Um, apologies for Monday, but thank you very much for coming on tonight. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll speak to you very soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Pleasure, Jake. Thanks for inviting me. You take care, man. Likewise to Mark McGee. Mark, again, thank you for joining us at last minute. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again shortly, hopefully, before the end of the season. Thanks, Jake. Take care, mate. Both Kev Stokes and Mark McGee, once again, a big, big thank you to both of them for getting in touch and listening to the show. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to the Football Hour tonight. I'll be back on Friday to preview Pompey's penultimate game of the season away at Derby County. That's here on Pompey Live from 2 on Saturday. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. On Saturday, Joe Piggott came off the bench to score in a 1-0 victory over Accrington Stanley. Jacob's cross to the far post. Piggott arriving! Up next, Pompey visit Derby County. All of the action will be right here on Saturday from 2pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. 
That's right, penultimate game of the season at Pride Park, Pompey, taking on Derby County, looking to play for a bit of pride as we head into the final two matches of the campaign. Of course, mathematically over in regards to the playoff positions. Derby County away at Pride Park on Saturday before the final game of the season next Sunday at home to Wickham Wanderers. I'll be back on Friday night. That's just under two days away, so not too long for turnaround time until your next edition of the Footblower here on Express FM. I'll be joined by two more Blues fans to preview the weekend's action. We'll also come on to discuss what is a, uh, a big game for the Pompey women at Fratton Park on Sunday, despite them also being mathematically out of running for the title in the FA Women's Southern Premier Division National League. Uh, they take on Crawley Wasps at PO4 in front of what we hope to be a decent crowd at Fratton Park. Buy your tickets online via ticketing website portsofhefc.co.uk to find out more information or head to at Pompey Women on Twitter. Right, coming up here on Express for the rest of your evening, right after the news at 8, Express Country takes you through till 9, which is when scattering the roots with Dan Ogus returns through right the way until 11 o'clock in this evening. Tomorrow morning, Ian James wakes you up, as always, with Express Breakfast. I'm back on Friday with the next edition of the Footblower, back at the regular time of 6pm. Thank you once again for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to welcome you onto the show. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you on Friday. Play up, Pompey. Good night.